The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jeff Stewart is a healthcare consultant, scientist, inventor and father of seven who shares his inspiring story in his book, Living, Inspiration from a Father with Cancer. And Jeff is on the line with us here. He's got some neighbours doing some really loud work. They've decided that now is the perfect time to do it, but hopefully we'll just be able to hear his voice. So good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? Good afternoon, Toby. It's a pleasure being here. So what was the inspiration behind actually writing this book? So you mentioned that I have seven kids, and I do. That's a lot of kids. Um, And I think anybody who gets a cancer diagnosis, well, almost everybody, it's going to be a surprise. And for me, it was a very much a big surprise. Uh, The first line of my book, if I'm remembering correctly, is I tried to donate my kidney this morning. The doctors told me I can't. I have cancer. And that that is exactly what happened. And getting a cancer diagnosis that's a pretty serious one um, causes you to reflect, you know, to on on life and what you want to leave behind. And frankly, I'm worried that if I were to die, which is a um, a serious possibility um, from the cancer, that I leave the kind of things that helped me make my life easier to avoid hard, hard times, to get through hard times, that I leave those things with my kids so yeah. that they have those. So that that was the main driver, Toby, for why I wanted to write the book. Secondarily, and maybe even more important, um, more, more generally, if you're not one of my kids, to hear yeah. my adv- life advice is if you run into cancer yourself. As I told my story about what was happening to me, I'm as you mentioned, I'm a health consultant. I'm trained in molecular biology. I know what's happening to me. I can describe what's happening to me for others. And when people would read more or less my kind of blogging about that, they would say, this helped me to understand my mother's cancer. And she didn't want to talk about it. And we never talked about it. And it, it was all very hush-hush and, um, and painful for people because of that. Or as I did get, I got people even at work who would say, hey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> they put a meeting on my calendar and then we talk and they're like, well, I've only told my priest and my wife and my boss, but I have cancer and 
you know, they, they, that that's a gift to be able to sit with someone at the hardest time in their life to be able to help help them understand something painful. So that's what really drove the book. And because you know exactly what's happening to you, does that make it easier or harder? I find it makes it incredibly easier because cancer can be so frightening and confusing in the best of circumstances. I, I, I've interviewed hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of oncologists for my job. Um, as I said, I, you know, in, in molecular biology, trained in molecular biology, I read the papers. So this is not, this is figuring out what new treatments are available for a cancer, what treatments are there. That's a Thursday for me. That is a normal part of my job. So figuring out my own cancer, I can do. But even then, under those great circumstances, you run into the words very quickly, neoadjuvant therapy, adjuvant therapy, immunotherapy, chemotherapy. You just run into a whole bunch of terms that maybe you know what they are, maybe you don't know what they are, yeah. and you have to figure them all out. And so, so yeah, working through that, I found to be helpful because then it also helps you focus on what matters, what you have to do as a cancer patient, what you have to care about, what decisions you have to make, and what the rest rest of it, that's up to the oncologists and that's their job. And that's what we pay them for. Makes it easier. Yeah. How did your experience living with cancer affect your job itself? So I'm fortunate in that starting with COVID, my job that used to be flying on airplanes all the time to work at name a pharma company, and I've worked with them, um, that has gone away to being sitting in this chair right here and talking to people and doing work with my teams that are scattered across the world. So my job has become much, much easier. I couldn't have done it with cancer in another year. And then my job has been, frankly, pretty uh, accommodating. My work is figuring out things, which I can still do. My job is managing people, which I can sort of do, uh, and then selling things, which I can do from sitting here. So it's been something that I've been able to do and I wouldn't have been able to do, Toby, six years ago. So what's the reaction been like to the book so far? Because you mentioned one person that you spoke to, but overall, have there been many people that have came forward and said how the book's helped them? Yes, they have, uh, Toby. So I I ended up, um, the book was excerpted by our national public radio here in in the U.S. And that generated a lot of um, cancer patients uh, writing me. It was a chapter in particular that helped say how I figure out if you're going to get lots of advice as a cancer patient, lots and lots of advice. And the advice is, let's be honest, not very good advice, um, most of it. And you don't know necessarily how to say, okay, this advice, this new treatment that somebody's very excited about, whether or not that has anything for me. If it's in a mouse, it has nothing for me, nothing for me. It's it's 10 years down the road at yeah. best before that treatment has anything that could be for me. If it's in phase one treatment or phase two treatment, it has nothing for me. I need to have something that's at least in phase three and in the US at least, probably approved. Uh, we have a very good system in the US for not just approval, but things that are off label, not approved. We still have a process for which the evidence is um, uh, is monitored, evaluated, and allowed for patients. So it's it's not like most treatments in most therapeutic areas. It's a strange system for, that we have, but it means that when you are offered treatment in the U.S. from a legitimate physician, not a uh, quacky kind of uh, <laughs> physician that's trying to steal your money, um, the legitimate ones are doing something that where there is strong 
strong evidence behind it and it's paid for. So those, those have, helping people with that, with the NPR article and the excerpt helps people as cancer patients be able to say, this thing I can pay attention to, this thing I can ignore completely. And that's that's helpful. Is it sometimes hard to not get overexcited about a new treatment? Because even people that haven't had cancer, sometimes in the news, there's a story that's like, a trial has done this test with cancer and it's good. And maybe we go, this is it. This is the one. Cancer is cured. But it's not really. Yeah. And that's really common. So if we take something that let's here's the reality. Let's take something that has been so good in the lab, so amazing that somebody has been willing to put up 10 million to a billion dollars to develop it and get it tried in people. Let's say it's that good. How many of those do you think get all the way to approval? So starting with people, I've spent all this money to get it into people. Now I'm testing it. How many of those do you think make it? If you were just to guess. I don't know. Definitely not all of them. Maybe no. half, but that's a complete okay. guess. And and half is a reasonable guess. The answer is 7%. Wow. 7% of the things that people think, like legitimate people willing to put up huge dollars to test them, those things, only 7% of them actually end up passing clinical trials and making it. So the, the vast majority of answers, Toby, is if you hear that it's really exciting and really early, it is far too late for a cancer patient. It's just not going to help. It, it, it's not. You can you can comfortably, as a cancer patient, just let that one go. It's okay. They, the, the, the shots that we have, um, when I say shots, like uh, chances that we have from the treatments, yeah. They're already well established. They're not going to be in those ones that you see in journal articles. They just aren't. And they're not going to be the ones that have, I was offered 100% cure rates three different times from people that I know have no data. So that it, it's really common. It's a sea of misinformation. Just let all that go. There is something that you need to do and things that you need as a cancer patient to focus on. Your family, you need to focus on that. And following directions. I mean, following directions, you'd think that would be easy. It's hard, Toby. <laughs> it's hard to take that pill and put it in your mouth six times a day when you know it's going to make you feel awful. But that's the best chance you have. Is there maybe a sense of relief that comes with the fact that you are taking instructions a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And it's not really down to you how successful you are. Absolutely. So I think that you get this a lot where you're just going to beat that cancer. You're going to fight that cancer. Just go fight I am not fighting my cancer. I'm, I'm, I, I know that that sounds weird. I know that sounds defeatist. It's not. I'm the battlefield. The, I, I care about the outcomes, but the fight is being done by chemotherapy that blows my DNA into bits and, I'm, and, uh, and, and makes it very difficult for DNA to reintegrate or to fix itself and from radiation that blows big holes in DNA. That's doing the fight. I'd, if, I'm not going to lose the fight if I lose. I'm the the fight is being waged over me. I'm not going to win the fight. If I win, I'm going to survive. And that's, and and that is, it is a comfort to me as a patient to know where my actual decisions lie. Where is my actual scope of action? Where are the things yeah. that I can actually do? Not the things that I can't control. I can control taking my pills on time. I can control showing up for radiation and not um, just going to the, the coffee shop and saying, well, I'm just not going to do it today. Those mm. things I can do. And that is plenty. That is plenty. And do you think the kind of battle narrative and fighting cancer, you know, maybe people that lose their battle, as it said, it kind of makes them look like they didn't fight hard enough. It's just too much. It's too, it's a, that's a lot to put on a person. It really is. And I know it's well-meaning. Yeah. I know it's people that just want to help us have a positive attitude and a positive attitude is a great thing to have. Yeah. But that's not going that's that's not going to change things and it does make it harder i think for people to make hard decisions when they have to make hard decisions because at some point for all of us there's going to be a point where more treatment doesn't make a lot of sense and that's that can feel like giving up but really what you have is you have you have a chance and you have time and you have to trade those things off at some point sometimes you just to 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 have quality time you can't have as many days left and that's just the honest truth. Now, how open are you in the book? I mean, do you talk about these struggles with, as you mentioned, taking the pill that you know is going to make you unwell and all the negative struggles and maybe even the positive things that come along with it? I try to be. I mean, and uh, I think if you read the book Living, Inspiration from a Father with Cancer, you'll you'll just go along with me on my journey. And, and I'll give the spoiler alert to the end. I am either done with treatment forever. I've, I've got through my course. My cancer is a particularly odd one where almost all the risk is in the beginning. So I'm I'm right now two months out of my last cancer treatment, I hope, because if I have another cancer treatment, it will mean that I am universally lethal in a matter of months. If my cancer progresses, it is extremely aggressive and will will kill me. Um, and I can maybe get a few more months out of, uh, out of things from more treatment um, with newer drugs, but... For the most part, the shot we've taken now with surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy, traditional chemotherapy, that's the best one we have. And it's roughly a coin flip. So I don't know if I answered your question there, Toby, <laughs> or, or got around to it, but that's that's kind of where I am also right now. Yeah. I try to be as open as possible. And so th- this will come as no surprise to anybody reading the book. Yeah. You get to go through the ups and downs and... Um, 
a, a side seat in the car as uh, as I went through. Yes. <laughs> a very interesting experience, psychologically and physically. And the book is called Living. I suppose it's kind of a positive title, isn't it? Yeah. Well, part of life is just seeing and, and part of life is living with a certain amount of uncertainty. We might be here tomorrow, we might not. You know, that that that's that's part of life. It's just made it a lot more real when you have stark numbers in front of you. And I do have stark numbers in front of me. I mentioned that 50% rate. That's about right. Yeah. It's about a 50% rate that my chance uh, that my cancer will spread in the next two years. If it does, I'll have the numbers say on average about five months to live. And that's just it. So I have to live in that reality as though that reality is true and in the reality of where I have a full life, which is odd. Usually yeah. I think you probably do. I know I did, Toby, that I lived in maybe a five-year reality. What's going to be the best thing for the next five years or 10 years or something like that? Where will I want to be then? Now I have to think, where do I want to be in the next five months and in the next 50 years? Which, that that's, it's strange. That That is a strange thing, place to be. And well, that's what I try to, to help people through because it certainly focuses you. It provides yeah. focus. I wouldn't have written this book if it hadn't been for cancer, not just because of the cancer story, but things that I really do wish my kids had. I mean, that's a gift. There's a gift of focus and a gift of um, need to be able to get those things out there so that I can help people, help inspire people. And is there stuff in your book that's maybe general advice or knowledge about cancer that isn't necessarily to do with your own experience? So I would say yes. So things like how you how you judge the cancer treatments um, that are kind of coming, being offered to you, how you screen through those things. I think that, that that's absolutely advice. Other things are going to be pretty specific about it. And then more generally, life lessons. Like the, the, the thing that I really wanted to have for my kids are how do you think through things like even things as simple as get some sleep, you know, wait to the next morning because things yeah. will be better in the morning, at least not all better, but better. Something as simple as that or how important kindness is or how you think about something like play the game as well as you can play and don't worry about what happens with what card turns over. I, I've tried Toby to play this game as well as I possibly can play it. Mm. The card in the top of the deck is either black or red. It's already there and there's not anything I can do about it. I won't win if I win. I won't lose if I lose. It's yeah. just you play the game as best you can. And having that attitude helps people make good decisions through life. This is maybe difficult with a five-month reality, but do you have plans for more books that you're thinking of writing? So that's that's a good question. Like I have always wanted to write more. Uh, uh, that's always been something that I've wanted to do. It's hard to plan out a trilogy in science fiction, which it was what I would love to do if I don't know if I'm going to be there for book three. So I have to admit it, my plans are a little bit uh, curtailed in the writing sphere. Let me wait for the next two years. If I make it through the next two years, the lifetime recurrence rate for my kind of cancer, my kind of particular stomach cancer is only 7%. It's pretty low. So if I make it past two years, I'm I'm likely that we know that I'm likely to be fine. And that's already cured, that what they've done has already cured me. Then I can probably feel more comfortable about thinking about those kind of long-term projects, um, Toby. Yeah. But right now, the only writing I'm doing is I'm writing for cancer.net, which is a, a, a patient group and uh, pieces like that. I pitched a piece to Nature Biotech to to help uh, kind of the description I had about the um, the how you decide whether early treatments are going to be useful and that the excerpt that was on NPR.org things like that very cancer focused yeah. smaller pieces 
I'll keep doing that. I mean, I like I love writing, so I'm happy to do it. It does feel a little odd to kind of go down the long path creative act when I might need to change gears and have to abandon that. That's a little bit more emotional inve- investment than I would want to put into something that I'd be afraid I'd be unable to finish. Yeah. Where are we able to find your book, Living Inspiration from a Father with Cancer? You're able to get it at any bookstore to be able to ask them to order it in. They probably don't have it on the shelves yet, but you're uh, you're certainly able to get it in there through them. And and Amazon, of course, um, uh, has it. You, it's also in Kindle and audiobook will be out this summer. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much, Toby. It's been a pleasure. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.